Welcome to the bottom line of WWE Friday Night SmackDown, November 25th, 2022. You're listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast, the podcast with plenty of leftovers. We are your Dudley Boys of the program. I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And please embrace the kingdom of the madness by be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Oh, Patty, 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 Pat. We are one night away. We had the go-home show tonight, baby. Go home, indeed. What word would you give us to describe this show? All right, let me see if I can do this. <clears throat> War games on a scale of the, zero to William Regal. How was it? We'll we'll go with a solid two point five. That's definitely better than my zero point <laughs> five that I did. Oh, awesome, awesome. But let's go ahead and dive down into this show because SmackDown started with damage control coming down to the ring, and. They would be joined by Bianca and her War Games team to come out. And that's when we learn who the fifth member of Bianca's team is. And it's none other than the man, Becky Lynch. Man come to, has, <laughs> the man has come around and she goes down to the ring. And we get an all-out brawl between the two teams, ending with Becky taking out Bailey, And we get a stare down between Becky and Rhea Ripley. Rob? What do you think about the fifth member of Bianca's team? Uh, not surprised, a little disappointed. Um, I was kind of hoping for something a little more of the Sasha Banks variety, but they wouldn't have done that on SmackDown, so I'm not like totally surprised on that front. I did like how they got straight to it. Heels came out, did a little promo. Baby faces came out. Uh, Bianca did some quick math and said, four of us, five of you. Oh, yeah, so then... Becky's Lynch music hit. She didn't say any words. She just went down there, and they just started a brawl. They cut straight to the chase, so I appreciated that very, very much on my end. Let's not hold it out any longer. But always good to have Becky Lynch back, and also she's not big-time Bex. She's the man again, which is even better, because the man is so much better and so much bigger star than big-time Bex was. So I'm very excited about that uh, dynamic change. And then also they avoided... There was a stare-down, but they avoided the Rhea Ripley-Becky Lynch... Uh, actual physical contact there they had a little look at each other but they kept them apart so I, I do enjoy when they know they have two big stars for a future match later down the road that they're able to keep things apart so i like that very curious as to why they did hold this out until smackdown because i don't i don't it wants me to in my little smart bar, mark p brain it makes me think oh well is becky gonna be on smackdown because uh, in reality, we both know she's more than likely not, right? So, right. I don't know. I don't get what the gist of that is. Um, and I don't think we'll get a good explanation to that. But moving on about Becky being the fifth member, um, 
I'm satisfied with that. I I love the man, and I love it when she comes around. And I can't wait to see what we get from War Games. Well, let's move on to our first match of the night, which is a semi-final match for the SmackDown World Cup between Butch and Santos Escobar. The Brutes and Legado del Fantasma both are at ringside. Zelina Vega joins commentary. This match was a decent trade-off back and forth. Both were evenly matched. Butch built up some momentum, but we see the Bloodline fighting with Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre backstage on the Titantron. Zelina Vega distracts the ref while Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde get involved. Escobar wins after hitting the Phantom Driver to advance to the finals in the SmackDown World Cup. Uh, we got a a good match here. Uh, poor Butch, as soon as he was left alone, it was the hyenas just moved right in. Uh, what do you think about this, Rob? Uh, match started off, so I thought there was something weird that happened in the beginning there. I'm not real sure exactly what went down, but as it kind of went along a little bit, the match got a little bit better. Uh, these are something, these are two guys I'd like to see have to a, a bit of a do over. So, and again, maybe this is just me putting them up on a pedestal and just expecting something a little bit, uh, cleaner, a little bit more enjoyable than it was. But at the same time, this was a good match. I just had it on a pedestal that was going to be a great match. I liked the ending. I liked, uh, the fact that Butch is telling his, uh, there, so there was a backstage brawl going on between the Bloodline and the, and the rest of, uh, the team for the Brawling Brutes going into war games. And Butch tells his, uh, fellow brute, brute members, fellow bruties, yes, the fellow brutey that night. And he, uh, just tells them to go back and go back there and take care of, uh, take care of the Usos, take care of Solskoa, help out his team for Saturday. And that did end up being his downfall. Uh, I did, I, I will say the, the, Legado del Fantasma, as a group, I think they're going to eventually be really, really good. I just think they need to get a little bit more time under the belt. I'd like to see a little bit more vignettes on their end. Um, so I, 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 I am willing to be patient with them as a group because I think that Escobar is a freaking superstar. So that's why I'm cool just holding off a little bit. But I would like to see his matches be a little bit better on TV because that's kind of both matches in this tournament have been a little bit subpar compared to what he can be. So he's got a better chance to redeem himself this coming week against an opponent we'll reveal later. Let's move on to the next thing because we get a promo from Bray Wyatt who comes down to the ring and he starts saying some stuff about who he used to be and how people just want to see the monster. And he even mentions the fiend here for the first time. And then he says he's not who he is anymore. And he's not the one who attacked LA Knight last week. Then on the Titan Tron, we see some images flash of Uncle Howdy. And we hear of the audio over and over of him saying he's a liar. And then we see L.A. Knight backstage in a sling, and he cuts a promo about being attacked. Uh, Rob, what do you have to say about all this? Uh, I kind of went back to the old one here, but they also did some stuff that I was not expecting. And you, you brought it up with Bray actually saying The Fiend. And, I mean, the crowd cheered for that, too. So uh, that part I was not expecting. Back to the same old, same old here. Uh, I actually appreciate that they're um, – kind of taking their time a little bit with this story as we move forward. Uh, Uncle Howdy coming back out and just telling the crowd again that, you know, wake up, see what's in front of you. You know, uh, I think the words he used were a snake in a cage is still a snake. Mm -hmm. So I that that's something there that I really, really enjoyed a lot. Uh, but Bray then contested and said it that he was not the one that attacked L.A. Knight. So it was not him, according to Bray. Um, L.A. Knight 
comes back with a promo backstage, and I loved how he just asked, uh, was it was it Caleb Braxton he was with? I forget who he was with. Uh, but he asked her, he's like, asked, how was your Thanksgiving? Because mine was uh, mine was bad because I was under a pile of trash, and he's in a sling, and he's in a crutch, and he's I believe complaining it was Megan no Morant. Megan Morant. Okay, is Braxton yeah. even there anymore? Am I just saying a person yeah, randomly? Yeah, she's still there. No, she's still there. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I just didn't know if I still live in 2019 or not. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so he uh, talked about how like he was lying under a pile of trash, his arms in a sling, he's on a crutch at a terrible Thanksgiving, and he's complaining that Bray Wyatt is not getting any consequences for what he did, even though Bray's contesting that he uh, had nothing to do with it. So nothing really progressed forward here. I'm kind of curious when the match is finally going to happen, when we're finally going to see Bray in the ring. Personal opinion, I think we're going to get on a random special SmackDown event because I think it's going to be like one of those random, like, all right, we need a popper rating kind of thing. And so I think they're just holding off for that a little bit. But I, I'm okay. Let's take another three or four weeks, build the story up a little bit more, kind of see where we're going before we get that first match. So I'm okay with that. But again, two guys that can talk amazingly, story progress forward. I'm happy. Can't wait to see the megastar. I hope he heals up soon. But let's move on to the next match of the night, which is Hit Row versus the re-debut of the Viking Raiders. B-Fab and Valhalla, formerly known as Sarah Logan at ringside. This match gets underway and it was short and sweet with Ashante the Adonis tweaking his knee early on. and The Viking Raiders just tear into him. Top Dollar almost had the comeback rally going, but the Viking Raiders end up winning after hitting the Ragnarok on a, on Ashante for the win. Rob, what do you have to say about this match? Uh, this is short and sweet and to the point, um, and it did exactly what it needed to do, so I'm going to pick out some things that are uh, a little off the wall here. A, the uh, headdress from Valhalla reminds me of when Mantar debuted in 95, and they didn't realize how difficult it was going to be for her to get into the ring wearing that. So if you saw her <laughs> trying to bend down and lift the ropes, trying to get her head underneath all that with the antlers, that was pretty entertaining. B, I finally realized what's wrong with Hit Row. Watch them walk down the aisleway. When I watch Hit Row come down the aisleway, they look like guys that are told to play these characters, and so they're trying to play a role that doesn't, either they're not into it or something's going on here. They just look like, I'm here going through the motions, doing my thing. And I think that's what's going wrong here. I think it's just, I don't like to put the blame all the time on the wrestlers, but this is one of those situations where I feel like this is why there's a disconnect is I feel like there's not that enthusiasm and energy that they once had. And I kind of put it on them as, as I see them come down the, the aisle where they're just kind of very blah and lazy and it's not exciting. You know, they don't get me hyped whenever they come down like the street profits do and the street profits are almost the exact same thing you know so like i i don't know that that to me is the issue uh but they did what they were supposed to do they were going down there to just get beat by the viking raiders and no one and i stand by no one hits more stiff forearms and knees not in wwe but in wrestling than eric holy <laughs> crap holy crap yeah, and he hits a lot of them yeah he does let's move on to the next thing we get is a little recap from Thanksgiving. It's a fiasco at the Mysterio household because Dominic showed up at his father's family dinner and he brought his new poppy, Rhea Ripley, who forced their way in and they beat up right in front of his family. What do you have to say about this, Rob? 
I love this so much. Dominic, oh my gosh, Dominic has shown so much more character since he's broke off and he's joined the Judgment Day. So that's been a, the Judgment Day seems more important with him in it too, which makes it even better. Uh, a Ray Mysterio, if that is your house, you have a great house, sir. Looks wonderful. Um, I love too how Dominic just like grabbed a random like a random portrait and just threw it on his leg. Um, my favorite part too, I, I realized later it was a broomstick, but I couldn't tell if it was like a a kendo stick. And I'm like, yeah, it almost like home yeah. stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the wrestlers just keep these everywhere, man. All right, uh, so that part was funny. Uh, on top of that, though, this part was great, and I love when they leave after they beat up Ray. Uh, I think it was Dominic who goes, I think my family's starting to like you when he said that to Rhea. <laughs> my favorite is at the beginning because he's like, Ray's like, what are you doing here, Dom? <laughs> he's like, I'm here for family. <laughs> so good, man. You can even see the kids sitting at the table watching all this go out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, yeah, this is all well done. And I didn't know Ray had a, a like a leg injury. I didn't know that was a thing they were doing. Uh, I think that was a focus as well because he did break the he threw the picture out and uh, broke the frame over the leg, and then he uh, took that broomstick to the leg. So looks like we won't be seeing Ray Mysterio on SmackDown for a while. Let's move on to the next match of the night because it is Ricochet versus Braun Strowman in the semifinals of the SmackDown World Cup. This match got underway, and Strowman just tossed Ricochet all around. And Ricochet dipped and dodged, but Strowman was just an immovable object during this match, and he almost had it won. He almost had Ricochet down for the count before Gunter and Imperium come out. And they would cause a distraction, and Ricochet would take advantage with the surprise roll-up and get the win over Braun Strowman. What do you think about this, Rob? So actually, before the match starts, I want to I wanna point something out here. So uh, before they went into the match, we actually got to see L.A. Knight uh, backstage. He was uh, trapped uh, on the cement, like grabbing his left shoulder or something like that. And some guys were trying to help him. Uh, so, you know, another attack. Yeah, he was down. To, yeah, he was down. Uh, it, was, it was literally right before the match. I'm not really sure. It was like right after the commercial. Um, yeah, so that, that happened. So second week in a row that L.A. Knight gets attacked. Um, and so that was exciting. I enjoyed that a lot. A lot. So, as for the match, not the outcome I was expecting. You were expecting it though. You called it last week that you said it would be great to see Ricochet get this win, and so that was fantastic. Yeah. So match wise, it's a fun match. Good David versus Goliath thing. I don't know why. So Gunther, you could tell he's uh, you know, I guess showing that he's afraid of Braun Strowman, not someone that he would rather face. Uh, so I don't know kind of what the storyline plan is here. Uh, if you're not going to have him win the tournament, uh, but at the same time, I don't know. At this, you made Strowman kind of show his uh, a he got pinned for the first time since he got back, but then B also showing a little bit more respect for the smaller guys. So that makes it kind of seem like it was that tweet that he said a while ago, like supposed to be kind of a work, you know, trying to play a little bit off and on. So. It was a fine David Goliath match. Put Ricochet over, made it seem like a big deal. I mean, he got the first pin on Strowman, um, but eventually, I think all roads lead to Strowman Gunther. Am I am I wrong? I mean, it seemed to me like uh, Gunther coming down and causing distraction for Ricochet to get the win was, you know, because Gunther has faced Ricochet before and has beat Ricochet before. So you know, maybe he sees Ricochet as the easier opponent, 
and you know didn't want you know that's why he doesn't want Strowman winning this match. So right, definitely uh, great storytelling there for uh, the first time we actually see Gunter be timid towards an opponent. Fair enough. Well, let's head backstage where Kevin Owens stops Sami Zayn, who's on his way into the Bloodlines locker room, and they're posted up just outside the door. And KO tells Sammy if he was him, he would turn on the bloodline before the bloodline turns on him. Sammy kind of brushes him off, and but uh, during all this, all this is being said, you see Jay Uso is eavesdropping the entire time. And as Sammy goes to walk in, Jay kind of pops out and confronts Sammy and asks him, he's like, you know, have you talked to anybody since you got here? Sami Zayn straight up lies to Jay Uso's face. And I believe it's just to avoid confrontation here, Rob. What do you think? It was. I mean, he, because uh, I mean, obviously, Sammy's still not sure. Like, he, I mean, Sammy, Kevin's been his best friend for forever. So, uh, yeah, it was just uh, to kind of avoid conflict there and just kind of, I mean, he does what any human being does when they're confronted with something they don't want to discuss is they, you know, just kind of think that they can get away with it. The only thing I hate about these segments here, and this is just like a really nitpicky thing, you see a cameraman there, and you know it's going to be on the TV show. <laughs> so I know you're supposed to like get your head out of that, but it's kind of anytime something like that happens, it's kind of weird because you're supposed to like lose all dialogue, and that would I always find that odd. Like eventually, you know, Roman's going to see that, like that kind of right. thing. I know you have to, I know you got to kind of get your uh, head out of that for a little bit. So, um, but yeah, no, it was it was definitely just a nice uh, tease going into it. Is is Sammy going to turn on the bloodline first, or is the bloodline going to turn on Sammy first before we get into Saturday? So, uh, just like one last final, like, storyline jab as we get into Saturday. Yeah, my nitpicky part about this would be just the fact that Jey Uso's literally standing there with the door just kind of popped open right behind Sammy as Kevin's just, like, facing him. There's no way you don't notice that to me. Well, let's move on, because the next thing we get is a promo from Becky Lynch backstage where she tells everyone thinks they're tough until the man comes around and everyone wants to go to war until the man comes around. What do you think about this little promo right here, Rob? Uh, just a nice cute little baby face promo. Gotta hit the words war at least once or twice going into it, so short, sweet, to the point. Well done. Definitely confirming once again, besides the giant titan drawn at the beginning of the show, that she's definitely the man. She is the man. Well, before our next matchup begins, we actually see uh, Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez are backstage being interviewed, but then Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler attack them from behind, and they actually focus the attack on Raquel and focus on her arm and slam it into a giant case. Then we get to the ring, and the match starts between uh, Ronda Rousey. It's supposed to be a tag team match between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler and, uh, versus Shotzi and Raquel. Shotzi starts this match with a, it's a handicap match now, and she would try to utilize her anger, but the Ronda and Shayna combo is just too much. Raquel actually ends up coming down before the end of the match, clenching in her arm. But it would be the Achilles heel, and Ronda would put the arm bar on Raquel for the win, and Shayna held Shotzi and just forced her to watch Raquel tap out. What do you think about this? Uh, she's essentially becoming the female Mustafa Ali, where just uh, Shotzi's going to 
try to bulldog her way, make sh- make it come like across that she's uh, got that fighting spirit, but she's just doing it to all the wrong people right now. <laughs> so uh, just kind of needs to be a little bit careful. But again, they're trying to make it look like she's going to be a fighter going into Saturday. Um, nothing, nothing about this has changed my mind. But going into the match, I don't want to see it. I don't care about it. And the outcome is the most predictable thing we can come across. But let's move on to our main event of the night, which is... Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus Jimmy and Jay Uso in a War Games Advantage match. Rob, you want to remind the people what the War Games Advantage match means? So, the War Games Advantage match is essentially what happens is the match starts with one member from each team, and then after five minutes, only one member from one team will join the group, and then they'll alternate back and forth. So that means whoever wins this match Throughout the match, they're going to have a two-on-one advantage, then eventually a three-on-two, then a four-on-three, five-on-four, until we have five-on-five. When five-on-five finally begins, then the match can start. So up until then, guys can just beat each other up as much as they want, and there's no end in sight. Once we get to five-on-five, then the match actually begins, and it's first team to pinfall or submission. So if you win this match, that means for about 15, 20 minutes of the match, you have a one-man advantage throughout majority of the match. Let's move on to this match. The Brutes and KO are at ringside for support, and then the Bloodline and Sami Zayn are on the other side. The match gets underway, and Sheamus and Drew just have the strong offense to control the better part of this match. The Usos relied on quick tags and counter maneuvers. The Usos kept the power duo on their toes, and Sami even gets involved to save Jay. But tensions erupted on the outside, and they kind of brawled it out for a little bit. Sammy tried giving a title to Jay to use, but KO ends up stopping him. And the distraction allowed KO to hit a stunner on Jay, and Sheamus and Drew get the win. And uh, they actually end up getting the advantage. The baby faces for a change in the War Games match get the advantage. What do you think about that, Rob? Uh, very different than usual, but I think it's going to play out storyline-wise as we kind of go in there. Uh, so I'm actually just kind of more curious to see how it goes out. So, um, this is anything to do with the bloodline, even if it's kind of different than the normal booking, I will keep with an open mind because it's the bloodline and they've done no wrong the entire time with them. Well, let's talk about our favorite moments of the show. Uh, beginning with our least favorite moment, the near fall of the show. I believe we already know what your near fall is, Rob, but go ahead and tell us anyways. Um, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to, bl- you know, what? I'm going to go different on this one. I know, I know the answer <laughs> it should be, the answer should be Rhonda and Shotzi. Gosh, that stuff is so bleh. But I'm actually going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Butch and Santos. Uh, again, I think it's because I put those two guys up on my pedestal and I expected a better match than what we got. The match was good, but I wanted great. I'm actually going to go with Hit Row. Their overall presence just, it doesn't, I don't know. There's just something about it. It doesn't, it, I don't know if it's because I know other people don't enjoy it. The crowd doesn't react to it. Um, it's just, we got to do something about Hit Row. Were there any crazy moves or bumps? What is your bump of the night, Rob? So this is not a bump. This is just not what I expected. So WWE is known for its roll-up finishes. Um, generally I hate them. And this one I just kind of made me chuckle. The idea that Ricochet not only won with a crucifix, but he beat Braun Strowman with a crucifix rollover. 
kind of made me chuckle a little bit, and the idea that Ricochet's body held Strowman down threw me off for a little bit, but you know what? came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming, so good on them. Yeah, this wasn't a night full of any crazy uh, bumps or even crazy wrestling moves. I believe, for me, uh, I'd have to pick just a favorite move that I like to see, and this week... It's going to be Santos Escobar's Phantom Driver. I like how it proceeds, how he does it. It just looks great every time. I don't think there were a whole lot of promos on this show as well, Rob. Uh, what is your promo of the night? Not really a promo. Um, it's not really like a full promo, more of a segment. Uh, the best segment of the night was the uh, Dominic, Rey Mysterio, Rhea Ripley stuff at the at the Mysterio Mansion. So Dom showing up, yeah, during Thanksgiving dinner and just beating up his old man Thanksgiving night and, you know, introducing Rhea to the family. All that stuff. That's wonderful. Well, you already know what my favorite showstopper is, and that's the L.A. Night portion of the night. <laughs> I thought his promo was great because if you ain't talking about him, then you ain't talking. So let me talk to you, Rob, because the megastar has always got something to say, and it's always the best thing to say. For me, I, I love it every time I see it late. Let's move on to the neck to the match of the night. What is the barn burner of the night, Rob? Match of the night tonight was the final match tonight. I, I mean, it just was. It was a good tag match between the two. Uh, I like seeing Sheamus and Drew together. I think Sheamus is a super underrated tag team wrestler. I mean, he had a great run with Sheamus as, uh, or not with Sheamus, but with Cesaro as the bar. So, I uh, love seeing him in tag match together, and. It had big stakes going on, too. There was a lot of emotion going on behind it. So it's the storyline of the year with the bloodline. And so, yeah, that whole match had a lot of energy behind it. It was great. I have to agree with you. Uh, the main event was perfect. Good, Great match of the night. Uh, more storytelling with the bloodline stuff, of course, is entertaining. But overall, I love the tag team of Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our program. You can show us some Love with a like, leave us a comment, and give us a subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and TikTok. All of our content can be seen on YouTube, and you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcast. Until the next episode, I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And we thank you for listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cream of the crop wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop W. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing cream of the crop wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at cream of the crop wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Oh yeah.